That's right, everybody. It is episode 007. And what does Ethiopia, the Baldwin brothers, and Northeastern Ohio have in common? Find out today on the Booterverse. Welcome to episode 007 of the Booterverse. It is great to have you here, and we are so glad that you are listening. Today on the show, we have lovely Jessica Ditto here for Destiny Academy Fund. She's going to be telling you about her lovely charity in Ethiopia and what you can do to support it. We have Sir Cornwallis Willoughby filling in for Vasily Krapov, and of course, as always, Judy Scheinbaum answers your questions on this episode of the Booterverse. Today's episode of the Booterverse is brought to you by Nuclear Submarines. Nuclear subs. No one wants to see them shoot their load. And now for news in my orbit. 24 years into its mission, it's easy to forget the Hubble telescope still exists, quietly probing the depths of interstellar space. But a recent software glitch caused the orbiting eye to shift its focus instead to an earthly location where scientists believe they have discovered another Baldwin brother. That location currently remains undisclosed, while an official determination is being made. Admittedly, these aren't the kind of stars they usually traffic in, but in what may prove to be NASA's salvation, the beleaguered space agency has entered into an historic collaboration. Experts from TMZ have been brought in to lock down a positive identity. Using NASA's billion-dollar terrain mapping technology, which has been designed to gather data about the contours of other worlds, they are working with the tabloid's forensic experts to create a similar map of the putative Baldwin's face. NASA hopes that being able to give the world another Baldwin will take some of the sting out of the fact that so many people are still angry about that business with Pluto. Austrian Pastafarian Hugo Alm may have grabbed headlines recently when he won the right to wear a colander on his head in official government photos. That being said, a Nevada man would like everyone to know that his headgear has been straining relationships for years. Cole Anders has been wearing his namesake kitchen implement since 1984, when he was just, quote-unquote, standing in the kitchen stirring some prego. Anders, the true pioneer in the battle to legitimize utensil wearing, says he endured years of abuse and claims he once nearly had his nose broken when an outraged co-worker hit him in the face with a meatball. He took his own pot shot at Alm, denigrating him for wearing a plastic colander, believing metal to be a mark of true dedication. You haven't known discrimination until you've had to remove your colander to pass through a metal detector, Anders sniped. Try that for a few years, and then we'll talk. In Southern news, plans for a class that would have taught Tennessee Department of Energy employees how to lower the wattage on their distinctive drawls have apparently been suspended. Several employees at the Oak Ridge National Laboratory found the proposed mandatory Southern Accident Reduction Program to be offensive and threatened to sue on the basis of discrimination. The six-week course was to be taught by the renowned accent reduction trainer Merrill Morris using a code-switching technique proven to root out even the most insidious regional twangs. The DOE claims that this was an excellent opportunity, saying that the chance to study with Morris on the government's dollar was akin to taking a freebie writing course with Shakespeare. Furthermore, students would not have been forced to resume a particular accent against their will, but they would have several new accents to choose from, ranging from Chicago newscaster to Omaha telemarketer. Choice was of paramount importance, said one representative, who seemed baffled by the pushback. I ain't got no idea how nobody could take offense, he said. From the medieval era, we asked the question, when is a sack not a sack? 
ask one Colorado PhD candidate who, in the midst of his thesis on English Restoration poet Robert Herrick's work, A Farewell to Sack, made the shocking discovery that Sack is, in fact, a drink. I thought he was referring to a part of his anatomy, the flabbergasted student said, who has based his entire dissertation on what he assumed to be the breakthrough discovery that Herrick was actually a castrato. It was heartbreaking and made me a little sick to my stomach, the student went on. Since sack is actually an antiquated term for a white wine originating in Spain, there doesn't seem to be much way of salvaging his work. The student is currently working on a new project where he posits that Edmund Spencer's piece, Ice and Fire, is actually the prequel to Game of Thrones. That's it for news in my orbit. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Tin Pans. Ooh, Tin Pans, separating the gold from gold. Buddha. What had once been feared the worst for our foreign correspondent Vasily Krapov, that he was, in fact, caught in a North Korean airport, has been rendered superfluous. We have found Vasily in a Ukrainian discotheque passed out. Unfortunately, he will be unable to report for us this week and next because of what I can only assume is a bad case of disco fever. Filling in for Vasily today is our British correspondent, Sir Cornwallis Willoughby. Sir Cornwallis, welcome back to the show. Oh yes, quite, quite welcome. Thank you, chap. It's so good to be here on the show. I will say, I, I have had better accommodations from that o- Motel 8 you, you sort of put us in the other day. And um, I, I will say thank you so much for that. It was a lovely sort of gesture on your part. And I'd like to thank your production staff for making that a possibility. You are so welcome, Sir Cornwallis. Where have you found yourself this week? Well, I travelled from the great state of Alabama up to the interesting Midwest waste land of Sandusky, Ohio. Sandusky, did you go to where I think you went? That's right, dear boy. I went to the lovely amusement park, the Cedar Point. It was a jolly romp in what I can only assume to be as delightful as England's London Eye. You're equating an amusement park to a Ferris wheel? Oh, my dear boy, have you ever been on the London Eye? It's quite delightful. I dare say you don't get your jollies in a bit of a rancor in any other capacity than riding on that lovely sort of thing. It's like entering a spaceship in 2001 Space Odyssey, even though we live in a world that's in 2014. It's lovely. I swear to the Lord himself, the Queen herself has been on the Eye, and she loves it. Actually, the corgis get sick when they're in such a rotational blunder, but we don't like to talk about that, because a mark on the corgis is a mark on the queen. I will say that this Cedar Point place is lovely. I can see why you Americans have such a jolly old time. You know, it is a lovely sort of instance when you can walk in and someone offers you kettle corn right off the bat. I swear I was on a sugar high for days after and it didn't stop there. They offer concessions of cotton candy and hamburgers. I believe that's what you call them. We call them the Queen's Mum, if you know what I mean. (laughs) But anyway, I will say that it is just a lovely place. I strapped myself into one of those contraptions. Uh, we call them go-go cars, but I think you call them roller coasters. Is that, is that the proper name and terminology for them? Yes, Sir Cornwallis, that is the proper terminology. It's called a roller coaster. Yes, of course. Now, I swear, they have one of these old rickety ones, which I can only assume was made out of a pirate ship from the 17th century. 
But they have some newfangled ones. I believe one is called the, the praying mantis. Now, I dare say, I don't want to get locked in a room with the praying mantis. But the ride was delightful. You were suspended in the air with your feet dangling below you. It kind of reminded me one time when I was riding bareback in the Queen's own hunting forest with Her Majesty's brother-in-law. And I will say, it was just a delightful, delightful time. Sir Cornwallis, did you really just compare a roller coaster to a hunting expedition? Yes, of course, quite naturally, my boy. If you don't release the fox and the hounds, how do you have a good time? I swear, I imagined that there would be more canines at what you call this amusement park, but I didn't find them, I didn't see them, I wondered where they went, but they were not there at all. I dare say, a bit of a letdown, if you ask me. Well, Sir Cornwallis, I would imagine there are many things that let you down. Absolutely. There was this one time, a man in our service staff accidentally put out unpolished silver. I swear, my mother almost had a conniption fit. She had to retire to the drawing room just to get her druthers about her. I swear, there was a little powder in one of her little pouches, and I don't know where she gets it, but I think she's sniffing the snuff, if you know what I mean. And when your eight-year-old mother is on the snuff, what can you do? I have no idea, Cornwallis. I, I, I don't know. Well, yes, of course, naturally. Let's get back to the matter at hand. I will say that Ohio is a lovely, lovely state. Uh, I believe the motto is a heart of it all. It's the heart of something. I just can't imagine what. And what about this whole Midwest nonsense? What is the Midwest? Honestly, it's not even in the middle of the country. It's sort of like, um, well, how would I say? It's sort of, sort of the right. You know, if you're looking at, from the map, an aerial sort of view of America, it's sort of sort of centre-right, if you will. Sort of like uh, some of the members of the Re- Republican Party. <laughs> oh, but I'm sorry. I hear those are a dying breed after all. Oh, it reminds me of my days in Parliament. Yes, of course, I spent nine months in Parliament. Actually, it was the gestation period of one of my sons, and I just had to get out of the house. Being a part of the House of Lords is a lovely distinction, but I will say that the Ermine Gardens just don't agree with me. I break out in the most horrible of rashes. Well, Sir Cornwallis, that's lovely to hear. I hope the Midwestern mosquitoes didn't bite you. You know, my dear, not at all. In fact, the mosquitoes don't bite me at all. In fact, they find my blood repulsive. It's too blue. (laughs) See what I did there? I did a joke there about my royal sort of machinations and delightful upbringing. (laughs) We get it. Well, thank you, Sir Cornwallis. I think that's enough from Sandusky, Ohio. Well, thank you, my boy. And once again, we'll be happy to go wherever you send us. Just make sure we don't hit any of those super six motels anymore. I swear, the blankets were like cardboard papers, and the towels must have been used for canines at one point. Well, there you have it. That's been another report from Sir Cornwallis Willoughby. And we'll be right back after this. Buddha. Today's episode of the Buddhaverse is brought to you by Narwhals. Narwhals. Because, no, you can't touch that horn. Buddha. And now on the Buddhaverse, a special segment we like to call Last Lung with Judy. Pump up the jam, pump it up, pump it up, yeah, pump up. Oh, hello, Emery, it's Judy. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Did you love that epic rap battle? Mmm, I love it. It's great to be here. It's Judy. Hi, Judy. It's great to have you. You can answer their questions now. Listen, hello, son. You don't call, you don't write. What's up? I love you, you know, a little to you. But seriously, darlings, let's get to the questions because people need answers and I've got them in my lovely little purse. 
Jenny in Hoboken writes, where do you find your outfits? Well, let me tell you, Jenny. Seriously, you're in Hoboken? My God, it's like a fashion wasteland out there. But there is hope for you. I've been on the internets, and I think you know of my love for QVC. There's not a Moomoo I haven't found that I haven't liked, that I haven't lived in for years, that I haven't found on QVC. Seriously, darling, if you need to go to the outlets, fine. But from the comfort of your own home, you can look as dashing as I do. Jenny, I haven't found a floral print I haven't loved. Seriously, pagonias are my favorite. Sort of a chartreuse color. My God, it brings out my eyes. As I'm sure you can imagine. I know this is an audio format or whatever they want to call it. I'm getting stares from the engineer over there. Oh, hello. Actually, I think those are love stares. Bat your eyes, honey. I love you. Mwah. But getting back to the point, I swear, you can look fabulous with a little bit of money. I've taken Eliza's inheritance and spent it all on my fashion, and look how lovely I look. Next question. This is from Sharif in Cleveland. He says, Judy, have you ever been to the Middle East? Oh, honey. Seriously, it's like my second home. Other than, you know, Boca Raton. I have a vendor there that gives me shawamas all the time. It's amazing. I obviously haven't been there since the conflict rose up again. Seriously, people need to just stand down, hug each other. Let's hug it out. That's my prescription for the Middle East. Hug it out, dears. Hug it out. I love flying El Al. They're beautiful people. The peanuts are nice. And uh, one time I was flying, there was an actual goat on the plane. That was interesting. Seriously, the thing neighed and booed all night long. It was kind of like my ex-husband. The man would snore so much and that goat was crazy. I don't know why they let that goat on, but seriously, I thought it was a little unsanitary. I mean, where does a goat go to the bathroom in a transatlantic flight? Who's to say? It's like a porta potty in Central Park. Who knows what's gone in there, but God knows what comes out. My next question is from Jeremiah in Las Alamos. He says, how do you feel about summer? Well, how do you feel about summer, Los Alamos? I love it. I go out in my moo-moo. I'm happy I get some sun. My, my mocha white skin turns a, a lovely olive oil color. It's lovely. I mean, the yellow tintage from the palm oils after years of smoking has done my skin nothing but a service. I love it. I look like a Greek Adonis, but with wrinkles. And some good lighting will make those go right away. There was one time I took Eliza to the swimming pool. I will never do that again. We have a pool at the temple. I love it. But these public pools, I don't even know how you swim in there. There are things in those pools that haven't even hit the sorority houses yet. I don't even know how I let my daughter, my precious one and only, go into that pool. But I did it. She actually loved it. Children will love anything. They're like pigs to slop. They'll roll around in it, and they love it. But as a discerning parent, I said, no more. Or as my Spanish friends say, no mas. There were times as a child I would run through the sprinklers in the street, and I thought that was good. But, you know, summer's nice. I like the fireworks. It reminds me of, you know, Hanukkah, but in the summer. And who, who doesn't like some good fireworks in the sky? It reminds me of the Israelites making their way through the desert with their pillar of fire. And I was thinking, did Yahweh just go ahead and put some fireworks in the sky? Who's to say? I'm not a rabbi, but I swear, if they needed my help interpreting the Torah, I'm always available. Oh, here's this. This is from Juan in Spain. Ooh, an international man. Perhaps he's mysterious. What does he ask? He says, do you find sangria refreshing? Oh, Juan, wait. Juan, is your middle name Carlos? Are you the former king of Spain, you abdicating son of a hoo-ha? I swear to God, if you're asking me about... A lot of people don't know this. 
but Juan Carlos and I go way back. I once had a dinner party with some people in the West Village, and I may or may not have met Juan Carlos. We may or may not have spent a lovely night together, candlelights, musicians playing in the background. I won't say it was the best night of my life, God bless him, but when you abdicate a throne, you're dead to me. You're dead to me, Juan Carlos. But I love your sangria, honey, and if you come back, I'm here for you, baby. I'm sorry, I got a little crazy there. I apologize, listeners. He just makes me a little hot under the moo-moo, if you know what I mean. Now for our next question. Jolie writes, how has it been quitting smoking? Any relapses? Jolie, how dare you? I haven't relapsed since yesterday. And you, my dear, need to stop making assumptions about my need for my palm malls. But in my defense, I'm sorry, I, I had one this morning. I need one with breakfast. Seriously, what can I do? There's nothing like fried eggs and a palm mall to make you feel like, hello morning, it's good to see you. But my dears, I will have you know, quitting smoking is a daily battle, so hang in there. I'm there right with you. And seriously, if you need some nicotine patches, I've got a whole stash under the sinks. That's been it for the last Lung with Judy. I love you all. Mwah. Buddha. Today's episode of The Buddhaverse is brought to you by Malt Liquor. Malt liquor, because that's exactly what your dead homie wanted you to pour on his grave. Buddha! Buddharites, it is great to have you back with us. I am sitting down with Jessica Ditto, the founder of Destiny Academy Fund. Jessica, it's great to have you here with us. Thank you, Emery. It's great to be here. Jess, now I am having you on the show because I saw the pitch that you guys had for this academy, and I thought it was just such a great great opportunity for people to give. And I wanted the listeners to hear a little bit more about it. So what is the Destiny Academy? Destiny Academy is a school in Ethiopia located in Addis Ababa, one of the poorest areas of the city. And it serves kids who practically cannot afford public education and kids who live in a community where uh, getting a great education is really hard to come by. Wow. And you guys are here to help with that and to send funds that way. Now, how did you get involved with this? In 2007, I spent four months volunteering at the school, and it was only a couple years old, but already it was having a dramatic impact in the community. And since I've been back in the States, I've tried to stay in touch and bring other people in the community involved. A lot of times when people go abroad, especially on humanitarian missions, there is a lag between the cultural interfaces that Americans have with the world, but also there are, there are myriad of stories where people will go into an area and it will actually have detrimental effects. So this is actually an opportunity where the effects have been long-lasting and actually have been very positive. Absolutely. I wanted to make sure that what I did there was supporting their vision and their mission for the school. It started by an Ethiopian couple, and it continues to grow year by year and help reach more and more kids in the community. So everything I'm doing is to supplement what they've already established and have have going. So I make sure that we're, we're raising the funds that they need to cover the cost for the students who can't afford school, because that that's funding that they can't get in Ethiopia. But here in the States, friends of the school can certainly help out. Absolutely. And the Destiny Academy Fund actually has a Kickstarter. And you had a actually what I consider to be a, a small fund that you wanted to raise. You raised it, but we need more money, right? We can always do more with the Academy. Yes, we were blown away by the amount of support that we got from the Lexington community through our Kickstarter campaign. It was a collaboration with a local artist named Lennon Mahalski, and what we wanted to do was bring art education to Destiny Academy on our next trip. And so 
in three days time, we reached our entire goal of fundraising for the art project itself. We raised $1,000 in less than 72 hours, and we were able to go over and teach classes, paint a mural, and to give the students an experience that they've never had before. What was on the mural? The mural is a, a vision and collaboration between what Lennon does here as an artist and the the desire of the school to create something that is engaging and attractive for the community and very educational for the students. A quick question about Lennon. Is he related to John or Yoko? Um, I believe there's some connection way back there. Mm, yes, Abbey Road. I'm um, sure. <laughs> Now, Addis Ababa, was that actually featured in the movie Aladdin? Um, possibly. It is the origin of mankind. The origin of mankind. That's How what do they we... claim. Well, who doesn't? I've claimed that the Booterverse is the origin of mankind, and you don't see me schlepping it around on the street. Well, I would also say that it's the birthplace of coffee. Mm. So the event at the coffee house makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And you guys are doing an Art for Ethiopia event. And that's one of the things. I'm actually going to be there, which is lovely. I mean, who wouldn't want to see my smiling face? We are so glad you're coming. Well, and I'm wanting to raise as much awareness for that as possible. People can come see Lennon's work and hopefully donate to this lovely cause. Yes. So we wanted to first bring back the the fruits of the Kickstarter campaign, allow people to see what we were able to do while we were there. And now we want to continue to raise the money to fund the continuation of the art education effort at the school and to supplement the, the sponsorship program, like make sure that the kids who are coming to school next um, academic year that we are able to provide funding to cover their tuition. The event is going to be on display for the entire month of August. So if people miss the grand opening, they can still see it. Is there a way for them to see it via the lovely internets? Yes, we are going to make sure that paintings that are up for sale will be online on the Destiny Academy Fund website and we'll be able to bid or um, just donate directly to the school. And just so you know, listening audience, we are going to have that same link up on the Booterverse website so you can go there and see all the lovely paintings. And hopefully we'll have some pictures from the actual event itself so you won't miss out on anything. Now, Ethiopia itself. Let's talk some basic facts about it, if I may. I'm not, this is going to be a quiz. I feel like I've already revealed quite a bit. Well, this isn't going to be a, well, yeah, sure, they're the birthplace of mankind. <laughs> you know, they basic, basically gave birth to coffee and whatnot. And that's fine. But in my estimate, I think Ethiopian food is the most ironic food. And you want to know why? Maybe. Seriously, it's the most tasty food, but it's one of the most starving nations in the world. It's ironic, I think. That is true. And in fact... This is an embarrassing tale. I actually gained weight when I lived in Ethiopia. Oh my, you're the... <laughs> They're starving, Jess. And here you are gorging yourself on this lovely African cuisine. Well, that's the thing. It is delicious. And it's the fact that the people there are so generous, they feed you every chance they get. So every day I was getting a gourmet meal. How does that make you feel when you go to such a poverty-stricken place and the people are absolutely so generous with you? Well, it's the reason why I've stayed involved for the last seven years. I want to make sure that I continue to make a difference and help them because they are such generous people. They don't see their poverty as something that should put a cloud over their day. They are actually very 
fun-loving, humorous individuals, and they just are stuck in a situation where they need extra help. I love that you are also giving to the general academic fund, because obviously this is art for Ethiopia, and so it's going to help with artistic endeavors within the school and give them a a lovely opportunity to engage with the arts. But it's also broader than that, because I was going to ask, you know, shouldn't we be concerned about writing and arithmetic uh, and language skills before art? And maybe Lenin would have some thoughts on this, but why is art so intimately connected with what they're doing? Well, Destiny Academy is a unique school in the fact that they really model their education after our Western teaching practices. So the kids that go there, not only are they getting tuition at a very reduced cost, but they're they're getting a better education than the public school systems there in Ethiopia. So you're saying that no child is left behind? Uh, true, I guess. But we wanted to take art over there because a lot of the families don't see it as a pathway to making a job and making a living. They don't see art as essential. Um, and the kids that are that are at Destiny Academy, they just, their minds, their imaginations, everything just opened up when we brought the art utensils there and get, let them have a day of creativity. So we see it as a way to impact all of their academic endeavors, not just pursuing a pathway to becoming an artist. Excellent. Is there going to be a course on podcasting? I would say you would have to come over there to teach that. Well, I mean, who's to say people under my tutelage, my goodness, who's who's to say what they might learn with me there? So uh, Lennon Mahalski. Mahalski. American Oxford did rank him as a superstar of the South. Well, the American Oxford Dictionary said that the quaff of my hair was delightful, so there you have it. I'd like to see that in writing. It's not necessarily in writing, it's more of an in-spirit sort of honorarium. I may have put it there myself. But that's a story for a different time. I've got more product in my hair than you've probably sent to Ethiopia, and I want to know, why can't we do more? Exactly. That's why we're having this event. Let's get everyone at the event at the Cup of Commonwealth and find out ways that people can give. And another way that they can give is bringing backpacks. Backpacks. Talk mm-hmm. to me about backpacks because I don't use them. I find them to be a fashion faux pas from the <laughs> 1960s. I want to move on. Can we not do satchels, perhaps a man bag or a merce? I would be game for any of those as long as they carry the kids' books. Excellent. What about the string that Pinocchio used or the leather belt that he used? Too, is that too sort of medieval? Nope. Excellent. Bring your leather goods, my friends. We need to strap those books to their backs and make sure those Ethiopian children have a lovely, lovely academic career. Thank you. No. Thank you. <laughs> now, Jess, when was the last time you were over there in good old Ethiopia? June. So... <laughs> Last Six month. Six weeks ago. So you just got back. Yes. Okay. How is it over there in good old Ethiopia? Hot? What's going on there? Well, it was right at the beginning of the rainy season. So it's kind of miraculous that we were able to paint a 30-foot mural in three days without any rain interrupting the project. 
was any of my facial features utilized in the creation of the visage? You will see that there is some facial features within the mural itself. And uh, you will see that within the mural, there are some faces. And maybe you will see yourself in that. Mm, I like to see myself in everything, Jess. I know that. Mm. So if you don't have a mirror, go to Ethiopia, go to this school and see me and lovely Addis Ababa. Why? Why not? Now, Jess, with the backpacks, tell me why it's important to lug around books and what else. Well, it, the school actually asked for 60 backpacks for this upcoming school year. There's about 60 students that won't be able to afford a backpack, and they don't have access to actually really good backpacks or anything to carry the in books. In Africa? So, mm-hmm. There's no access in to In Ethiopia, in the city, mm. they would be much more expensive to purchase there. So Perhaps a Jordash bag. We're just looking for used backpacks that we can send over there. Mm. How about sort of acid-washed denim? Uh, as a backpack? Whatever. Acid, acid is coming back, my friend. I don't know why, but it is. Well, I would say if you have it, hold on to it. Mm. Oh, I will. <laughs> Let me tell you, I will. So other than backpacks and, and going to the website, the Kickstarter campaign, donating funds, what else can people do? I would say like their Facebook page. We have about 300 likes. We have been told by Facebook that we should aim for 500, so we're going for that next. Only 300? Come on now. I mean, seriously, there are feminine hygiene products that have more likes than that. Go to your Facebook page right now. Go to Destiny Academy Ethiopia and like that page. Please do. Jess, I don't want to be premature about this. I'm predicting a booter bump. I would love a booter bump. Mm, wouldn't. <laughs> anyway, booter bumps, beautiful things. I want, I really love this. I love art. I love, and now I love Ethiopia. I love, I've always loved Ethiopian food. And you love coffee, right? Oh my God. Yeah. I couldn't live without it. It's the lifeblood of the booterverse. Listen, I crush beans for a living. When I'm not recording, I'm in my basement just taking the coffee. I crush it. It's, it's amazing. Um, the things I've been able to do with coffee grounds. On my- on that note, some of the art that we're going to be hanging up at the coffee shop was painted with coffee. Oh my God. The yeah. me- it's so meta. It's all coming together. Mm, I love it. It's coffee painted by coffee about the place where coffee was born. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just take a second, audience, to ponder that. Pretty rad. Let's move on, shall we? So I'm, I'm on the website right now because we have a technological delightfulness here in the studio. And orange mm-hmm. is the color of the Academy. Why orange? I'm not quite sure. Mm. Sorry, I have a, no answer for that. It's a very vibrant color. They definitely want to have something that stands out. It also may be just the fact that it's what's affordable in uniforms. Now, I'm a big fan of uniforms, believe it or not. When I was a child, I had a striped tie and navy blazer. I was a fashion plate in the academic world. A veritable New England schoolboy walking to class in the snows of November. Now, Jess, is this school religiously affiliated in any way? No. They're not allowed to have any religion in schools. So, um, public... Apparently, so are we. (laughs) Yeah. Public and private education, both are, they're not religiously affiliated. It's, the school has both Christian and Muslim students, um, but the founders are Christian, and that's part of the reason why they started the school, was to have an impact. Do you have to wear a burqa while you're there in Ethiopia? No. So this is a progressive 
society. It's the the hub of the African Union. There's a lot of diplomatic presence there in Ethiopia. Now, Jess, a lot of people don't know this about me, but I am a bit of an international scholar. And saying it's the hub of the African Union, isn't that kind of like saying that a Studebaker had a hubcap fall off and here you're looking at the wheel well? Um, it really is the hub of the African Union. It's a place mm, it and is. governing body. What has the African Union done to help the school? Uh, they've allowed them to come have field trips. Cool. So they actually get to see sort of pseudo-parliamentary procedures yes. in, in action. Yes. That's lovely. And what the school has done, since we were able to bring computers to the school in 2010, the school has offered computer training to a lot of government officials in the city. So not only are they giving the kids a chance to learn how to use computers, but government officials in Ethiopia have been using the school's computers. Could they give some old ladies at nursing homes training on computers as well? Because they want to see pictures of their grandchildren. Yes, they could do that. That is awesome. So let's fly some blue hairs out there and get them some computer training. Because, seriously, they're not going to get it here. Silver surfers is what we like to call them. Ooh, silver surfers. Well, come on, Granny. The... The notion of what you're doing with the Destiny Academy is is just great. When you were there in June, did you go by yourself or were you with a group? I was with a team, uh, a couple UK athletes. Lennon was with us, and that's when we did the mural painting and all of the workshops. Do you think he'll be upset that I literally cannot pronounce his name? I think he'll be all right. I mean no disrespect, of course. Of course. I just don't know if it's Mikulski, McCluskey, McCaskey, McCalski. Dougal, I don't know. I'm sure he encountered that all through grade school. Listen, my last name is Booterball. Yeah. I'm... I am completely in solidarity with the namely challenged. Yes. Thanksgiving was a very difficult time for me. Why Thanksgiving? What can you do with Booterball that rings during Thanksgiving? Or that you might eat during Thanksgiving? Let's play a game. What do you eat during Thanksgiving? What's the main... Turkey. Turkey. And who is the main provider of turkeys in the United States of America? Butter ball? Yes, butter ball. Butter ball turkeys. I think the... we've gotten off track. No, I feel like this is a great track to go down, <laughs> Jess, because butter ball turkeys have been the thorn in my side, the proverbial Achilles heel of my delightfulness for decades. Okay. And it hurts. But if Butterball Turkeys would like to sponsor us here at the Booterverse, we'd love to have you. So Butterball Turkeys, if you're listening, seriously, who wouldn't want a namesake like mine? Wink. What are we looking for in terms of fundraising? What, what, give me a number. Give me a number. Or, 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 or give me, we, we've talked about backpacks. Can they send those backpacks to you? We are going to be collecting backpacks at a cup of Commonwealth. So there will be a box there where people can drop them off and then grab a cup of Joe. You can also send them to me if you want to. Mm. Is there an address for that that we can put in the website? Yes. Is that your home address? <laughs> Possibly. Oh. <laughs> well, then. Haven't thought about that. Contact me. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll, we'll put your contact information out there. We won't necessarily put your address <laughs> yes. up, but people can contact I'm you. I'm worried about some of your f listeners. No, my listeners are gems. In fact, I'm sure there are some eligible young bachelors that would be right up your alley. Really? Perhaps they could make you an Ethiopian dish. Okay. I mean, I don't know if they cook. I'm just assuming that they're well-rounded, delightful young men. Okay. With good-paying jobs, perhaps upper-middle class. Maybe doctors, lawyers, attorneys, 
Uh, perhaps they work for the government. Uh, maybe they're nuclear engineers. All good. My producer just said, white, stop being a racist. You're such a racist. I'm sorry, my producer is. Mm. Backpacks. We talked about backpacks. Let's let's get back to the numbers. The Kickstarter campaign is over in August, is that right? Or will it, it, this be continual? It was funded to pay for the the mural project. So we, we set a, a short deadline to make sure we were able to purchase the supplies while we were there. So we collected over $1,700, um, maybe close to 2000 nearly doubled our collection for the Kickstarter campaign. And that's how we've been able to spin it off into an art exhibit. Now we're looking for funds for sponsoring kids and making sure that we have enough funds to cover the new kids that are coming into the school this coming academic year. They're, they're constantly flooded with mothers coming to them asking if they will ex- admit their children and enroll their kids in the school, um, but they have no way of paying for tuition. So, How much do you need? We're... My goal every summer is to raise $10,000. Let's make sure we meet that $10,000 goal. Go to that Kickstarter page. It's on the website. You're going to love it. You're going to see pictures of the kids. It's going to be great. You can learn all about it. You're obviously listening to this through its entirety, so you know, we know that you are interested and you care about this, this great project. Now, here's the thing. If I set up a Kickstarter campaign for a booter mural to go on the school would that be something they'd be interested in obviously i'm already there obviously my likeness has already transcended the continents could we do a kickstarter campaign to make sure my likeness is forever in addis ababa you could apply to do that but kickstarter may say it's not valid whoa whoa is this a (laughs) Kickstarter might not say my face is We had valid. to go through a lot of hoops to get the Kickstarter project launched in the first place. They let a child make peanut butter sandwiches and he raised $9,000. My face on an African school is not that important? You just finished your own thought. <gasps> and to think... <laughs> Oh, Kickstarter, we're coming for you, my friends. Yes. It is proverbially on. Well, that dashed my hopes for the day. Hmm. But I'm sure the school would love to have you. They would love to have me. Yeah. Well, how could we make that happen? Plan to pack your bags and go to Ethiopia the next time I'm there. Well, Jess Ditto, if you're packing a bag, you better save some space for the booter, because he wants to come along. That would be an adventure for sure. Absolutely, for the both of us. Seriously, sitting in cargo with those canines? My God, they even get the drugs. And here I am, sitting in a Louis Vuitton bag. I assume that's what you use. And I will say, I have all the comfort, but they get all the drugs. She's speechless, my (laughs) friends. This has been another episode of the Booterverse. Go to the Kickstarter campaign. Go see the pictures. Look at what Jess and the Destiny Academy is doing in Ethiopia. You're going to want to sponsor this. This is a lovely event and a lovely opportunity to help the children that are less fortunate than yourselves. Jess, any final words, parting shots? No, I just want to thank all the listeners for checking us out and going to the website. And thank you, Emery, for having me on. Uh, Jess, you are a gem. You can come on anytime you want. And seriously, let's figure out a way that I can stow away in your bag. And I'll join you in that great African continent. And maybe you can teach the diplomat something. 
Well, <laughs> well, after this podcast, I don't think they'd like to hear what I have to say. But seriously, if the African Union wants me, I'll be there. Buddha! Well, that's it for another episode of the Booterverse. We'd like to send a special thanks to Jessica Ditto of Destiny Academy Fund for being here on the show. Please go to her website and support that school. It is worth your while. You'll be glad that you did. I'd like to send a special thanks to you, the listeners, for tuning in every week. It is a pleasure to have you here. And if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us at booterverse at thebooter.com. We'd love to hear from you. And if being on the show isn't enough, you can also follow me on Facebook and Twitter under the handle The Booter. I'd like to send a special thanks, of course, to our production team of Sonny and Courtney. And as always, a thanks to Quadrants for composing our theme song. We'll be back with you next week with another episode of The Booterverse. I know that interstellar travel is a bit difficult, but the Booterverse is only a click away. Mm-hmm.